Welcome to the Pause Purpose Play podcast with me, Michaela Thomas, clinical psychologist, couples therapist, and founder of The Thomas Connection. I help high-striving busy people let go of the pressure of perfection to create more joy, connection, and compassion in their lives. On this podcast, we promote balance of a burnout through giving you the permission to pause, the curiosity to find your purpose, and the courage to play. Welcome back to the Pause Purpose Play podcast with your host, me, Michaela Thomas. In this episode, we're continuing with the flows of compassion, considering how that can flow from you to your partner, from your partner to you, and then from you to you. This is carrying on the couple specials that I've been doing from my book, The Lasting Connection. And in this episode, we're basing on chapter 10, compassion for yourself. Now, self-compassion has become a little bit more of a buzzword. As of 2020, where we actually have gone through really tough times, it can be really important that we consider being kinder to ourselves. So self-kindness, self-compassion, self-love, self-care, These things have been thrown around quite a lot over the last year or so. And I want to think about that a little bit today, of how I think of self-compassion and self-care as slightly different things. So what's the underpinning behind them? And then think a bit about what gets in the way of self-compassion and why self-compassion is actually really good for your relationship with your partner. So even if you're not in a relationship, tune into this episode because we all need self-compassion regardless if you're in a loving relationship or not. So still stay with me here. Let's first take a breath. Really think about how the temperature can really rise for a lot of people when we start to talk about self-compassion. Especially those of you who might be a little bit quick to be unkind to yourself, to beat yourself up for any mistakes that you make, or to be hard on yourself when things don't go your way to maybe assign blame to yourself rather than think this was just difficult. So if that's you, if you're prone to maybe being a bit unkind to yourself, go gently here because this might be triggering. So I want to start with that permission to be kind to yourself. That actually being kinder to yourself or being more compassionate to yourself, which is what I tend to talk about, isn't easy. It can involve taking a good look at yourself what you've been through so far in your life, finding the courage to own some of the things that have shaped you and see how you can gently move beyond them, move forwards, despite of them. So stay with these things, even if it's hard. This chapter does gently guide you through this. And if you've bought the book, The Lasting Connection, you'll get several downloadable audio exercises to use from this episode as well. So I want to first think about what is self-compassion and what is self-care. Self-compassion involves connecting to your caring, nurturing capacity and directing that flow towards yourself. Treating yourself with the same kindness and care as you would a friend or family member you love. Self-compassion involves the same two aspects of compassion that I've mentioned previously on this podcast a sensitivity to the suffering and a commitment to alleviate it. So the sensitivity to the suffering means noticing and making sense of your pain and suffering. Instead of engaging in self-blame and self-pity, you want to do something to help yourself, 
That's the bit that is about the commitment to alleviating it. Doing something that's going to be helpful rather than harmful. So there's a real difference here between self-pity and self-compassion. Self-pity keeps you stuck in wallowing, feeling sorry for yourself. At best, you might be avoiding taking action to care for yourself. At worst, you might be engaging in action to be destructive to yourself. Self-compassion includes compassionate acts for your own well-being, asking yourself, how can I be helpful, not harmful, to myself? Self-care, on the other hand, is often described as a set of things you're doing to look after yourself. This connects to the caring motivation of self-compassion, so it can be said that self-care sits under the broader umbrella of self-compassion. So if you think of self-compassion as the same of self-care, we're missing out on the richness of self-compassion. Turning towards yourself with kindness, empathy and compassion isn't just about the actions you take, it's about the motivation of wanting yourself to be well, wanting to be able to face your own difficulties and overcome them. And if you engage in self-care activities with a competitive or critical motivation, it's not a self-compassionate act. So you might say that's self-care, but I might really question what is the drive behind that? What fuels your self-care? Is it a sense of threat or a sense of vitality? And one way to think about that is, have you ever thought, I should just make myself eat more kale or spinach or whatever healthy food option we can insert here because it's good for me yeah even if you don't really like the taste of that food thinking i must eat this because it's good for me there's a risk that self-care becomes really prescriptive and rule-governed if you just do it because it's quote-unquote good for you and i should those of you who've been listening to the podcast for a while know that i often talk about rigid rules as quite difficult kind of momentum in your life If they become rigid, like shoulds or musts, less than flexible, like I could, but I also may not, then it's not so much self-compassion. If you are very dogmatic and rigid with yourself, it's not necessarily self-compassionate act that's driving your self-care. And don't get me wrong here, eating kale or fibre or chia seeds, all of these are good for you. I'm not telling you to not follow a healthy diet, quite the opposite. But we want to just consider the driving force behind your healthy food choices or your exercise regimes. Are you trying to shame yourself into shape? Are you trying to force yourself into being healthy? So we come back to the three circles model that I covered before in episode around understanding your emotions. The threat, the drive and the soothing. Choosing to do things that are self-compassionate, acts of real self-care means that you activate your drive system as well as your soothing system. Without your drive system, you wouldn't get anything done. That's your motivation to do things. You wouldn't cook a healthy meal, you wouldn't move your body, you wouldn't get to bed on time for a good rest. All of these things can drive our self-care choices, of course. But we need to look at the motivation behind that action. Is it about genuine care for yourself or is it fueled by threat? And when I say fueled by threat, it might be that there are difficult thoughts and feelings that hook you and force you into trying to do these things. Like, if I don't eat these healthy things I want to eat, or I think I should eat, then maybe I'll gain weight. Maybe I'll get fat. Maybe I'll be unattractive. Maybe I get a sense of failure. So that's where we can think that it's driven by a sense of threat, because 
Maybe I'll be really disgusting if I don't exercise. Body shaming yourself as a way to get going with exercise, that is not based on self-compassionate motivation. It's done with an intention of being punitive, coming from a self-critical space. So this is what I really want you to consider now. What's behind your self-care? Is that self-compassion or is it a sense of threat and shame? And it's important to consider this before you dive deeper into improving your relationship. Because if you're not well, then your relationship is less likely to be well. You cannot give what you haven't got. If you haven't topped yourself up, it's really difficult to pour into your partner's glass too. If you're feeling run down and depleted, it's hard to act in line with your values as a partner. It's hard to be your compassionate best with your partner if you're unkind to yourself. So really think about that, of how you want to make sure that you're steering these compassionate, caring acts also inwards towards yourself. And as you'll discover further on this, on this podcast, we're going to get to one of the last chapters in the book, self-care is couples care. So in the book, we dive deep into using your compassionate self to give yourself compassion using an audio exercise. And then we also help you to understand what's getting in the way. What fears, blocks or resistances have you got around giving yourself compassion? You might fear that something bad will happen if you're compassionate to yourself, like I'll lose my motivation if I'm no longer beating myself up to get stuff done, or I'll be lazy and complacent if I take the pressure off myself. Or if I forgive myself for the mistakes I'm making in my relationship, I'll just make the same mistakes again. Or it might even be about struggling to tolerate the feeling of being kind to yourself. It might bring up a sense of sadness or how I've not been treated like that before. I've not treated myself with kindness before. It's almost like an alien thing or a foreign language I don't speak. So in the book, I also show you how to give yourself a self-compassionate break at this point. How you can treat yourself with more kindness, meeting yourself where you're at with the pain that you're going through and how you can be more helpful rather than harmful to yourself. We finish this chapter by teaching you a really valuable skill which is called compassionate letter writing. And in the book I go through step by step of how you do this and how it's different to journaling. And it's more powerful if you've already learned how to step into the compassionate version of you and directing that flow of compassion on purpose, at will, together with your inner compassionate team, you can support yourself through tough times. And a compassionate letter is warm, caring and empathetic. It's supporting you to face your difficulties and gently holding you accountable for your actions. But it's not an opportunity to shame yourself. It's not a chance for you to avoid the challenges in your life like we might do in self-pity. And it's not letting you off the hook for things you actually have done. So go ahead, order yourself a copy of the book. It is out now. You can go to Amazon waterstones, bookshop.org, any of these places and search for The Lasting Connection or you can go to my website on thethomasconnection.co.uk forward slash The Lasting Connection and order yourself a copy now. Use these exercises if you are someone who struggles to be kind to yourself. And like I always say, until I see you next time, do try to take care of yourself. But really think about what's behind that care. Because you deserve to be well. It's not just you taking care of yourself to avoid things you don't want to happen, like gaining weight or not aging. You're looking after yourself because you deserve to be well. 
thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. I know it's not easy when you feel busy and overwhelmed to find time for another thing to do. If this is you, if you feel overwhelmed or that you are close to your breaking point, then I've got a downloadable checklist for you that's going to help. This checklist is called Calm the Overwhelm. The first section has signs and symptoms of you being overwhelmed mentally or physically, showing you that you might be close to breaking point or burning out. The second part is actionable, easy things you can do to try to slow down and give yourself a break. And the third part is a checklist of all the things that might show up when you're asking yourself to take a break. Perhaps your inner critical voice will have an opinion about why you're not allowed to give yourself the permission to pause. To download this free resource, go to www.thethomasconnection.co.uk forward slash calm. So that's thethomasconnection.co.uk forward slash calm. This episode of the Pause Purpose Play podcast was presented by me, Michaela Thomas. You can find me on thethomasconnection.co.uk. And because great work rests on having a great team, this episode was kindly edited by Emily Crosby Media.